My name is Kat Stein, and this is Voices Up. As protests for equality and justice are continuing around the world, we've been having conversations with young Americans about the civil unrest and how it affects them. This week, we met with Jay Ramos, a young person who attended the Black Lives Matter protests in Alpine, Texas. Jay is a brave, beautiful, non-binary person who has recently gone through a big process of self-discovery as he has come to terms with his race and gender identity. My name is Jay Ramos. I'm 25 years old and I'm from Alpine, Texas. Tell us a little bit about yourself, like what you're doing right now and also your preferred pronouns. I was actually working two jobs because I'm getting ready to move back to the city. I feel like I've already lived enough that I've needed to live in like a small town. So I'm kind of just preparing myself for like this next chapter that I want to live. And also kind of starting this new like life that I'm trying to begin. I don't really uh, identify as a boy or a girl. I am non-binary. I know a lot of people did see on my Facebook that I do go as he and then a lot of my friends tell me she. I take both and I don't really like thinking too much about it. I know some people do um, when they're non-binary, like just don't want to be called anything. But I feel like one of my things being raised in a what small West Texas town, you know, not everyone's going to understand where I'm coming from. So I'm just very open to whatever I guess people call me. That's really special. And I haven't actually I haven't heard any non-binary person feel that way about it. So that is very cool. So you said you're moving to a big city soon? Yes. Me and one of my longtime friends were moving to San Antonio. I want to get back in the service industry, but I'm also kind of scared on how people are going to perceive me. I've actually been discriminated against because I wear makeup on the regular, my everyday thing. Like No matter what, you will not see me without makeup on. Not a lot of people understand that. We're not being like dramatic, like that's our identity. And some people can take it one way and some people can take another and it really affects jobs and making a living. (laughs) Is there a big LGBTQ community in Alpine? I'm lucky to have two really close friends, both just gay. The LGBT community here is really not that close. I I always tell my friends we're kind of like the wicked witches of like the West and East and South and North because we're all there and like we all know each other and we all for the most part respect each other. But usually we just stay in our own lanes and don't really come together that often. (laughs) Is San Antonio, do they have a big gay community or have you heard that there's more discrimination there versus where you are now? San Antonio is actually where I went to my first Pride. I do know that there are a lot of gay people there. I don't really know exactly, um, you know, the social scene yet. From all the times that I've been there visiting, um, I've never had any, like, problems. It's always been very nice. I don't have as much experience in rural communities, but in the cities that I've lived in, I found, especially Philadelphia, uh, people tend to be a lot more accepting. So you said that you just found out four years ago that you had a Black dad. What has it been like the last four years as you almost rediscover yourself? That has literally been exactly what I could call it is rediscovery. So I've always, you know, known myself to be Latino, but there was just always something about me that was just different. I'm very light-complected, like like in the wintertime. I could still be kind of considered pale, I guess. Luckily, I put lots of bronzer on, so (laughs) not too many people (laughs) can really tell too much because I do like to look as tan but 
one day I just said, I was like, I need to find out who my father is because I never knew who my father was. He was never in my life. I was already going through this whole thing with 2020 being my year. If I do not figure this out now, will I ever figure it out? I had already found out that there was a possibility that I could be Black. And I just remember spending that day crying, being a gay person on top of this was actually before I even had known that I was non-binary. I just didn't want really people to hold any other things over me. It's really hard for the people that are fully Black and gay, like living their lives, like they have like two things always like used against them. And I was like, how am I going to handle possibly three or who knows how many more? When you're non-binary, I feel like sometimes you do have that am I trans conversation with yourself. I was still so young. I just didn't know what was like going on. Yeah, it must have been really hard too you know, come to terms with or just accept. The help of a couple of people I don't really want to name. (laughs) I was able to meet with my dad and have these conversations and realize that I was actually a lot more Black than I thought. He is 100% African-American. I'm, like I said, very light on my skin. And I was actually an Afro-Latino man incognito like my entire life. Luckily, like I said, I had not faced racism, but with all the racist stuff that was happening, I almost like had a mental breakdown. I could have, you know, been born a lot darker and I could have actually, you know, been faced with these situations. And we actually met literally like February of this year. So it's still very new. That is so recent. Man, he's very proud of who he is. I know one thing that I did struggle with in the very beginning before meeting him was like, sometimes I would be like, oh, I'm like Puerto Rican. There's so much shame like instilled sometimes for some people not wanting to admit that. After meeting him and like him showing me how proud he is, I make it a point to be like, I am Black and I am Mexican. I'm not half anything. Like I'm lucky to be Black and be Mexican and you're not cutting one part out or whatever because I'm both. That's so great that you're able to be proud of that now. Can I ask you something personal? Yes. When you okay. met with your dad, did you did he accept you right away? Did you guys get along right away or did it kind of take a while? There was never a moment in my time that he's ever said anything homophobic or like transphobic or anything like that to me. We met over Facebook when I first reached out, but at first when he didn't respond, And I remember I was just like, is it because of who I am? Like, why isn't he opening this? And so I was already ready for the talk of just, I wasn't wanting to be in your life. But he was just like, I just see so many like racist things nowadays on Facebook that I really just don't log on. (laughs) And we actually met February of this year. So it's still very new. That is so recent. It's been a really like long journey, but I'm glad that I'm here now and I'm proud. So you said that there's not much racism in Alpine, right? Not too much. And if there is, you wouldn't be able to point it out. The only last real racist thing I've, you know, witnessed was that I used to work at Stripes. And I remember it was me with makeup and everything, just working on my register. And then I had an African-American male working with me. I just remember an older um, white male coming in and he was in his little cowboy boots and cowboy hat. My coworker was just looking down on his phone like he wasn't paying attention. And I looked up and I literally saw him stare at both of us pretty much like, which line are you going to go and get checked out in? Are you going to go with him? Or are you going to go with the guy in the makeup? And 
he actually stood there going back and forth staring and he saw me staring so he looked at me but he still was like weighing out his options and then finally was just like i'm gonna go through your line and just went and checked out with me and i was like shocked that someone still in this day could even like act like that wow that is shocking How are you doing as far as the Black Lives Matter movement and seeing all of the support for the Black community? I know that you didn't maybe consider yourself to be part of that community until recently. Has all of this news affected you at all emotionally? I've honestly felt very ashamed for really not speaking out sooner. I've always been about equality. One of my biggest inspirations, honestly, and one of the reasons I've spoken out as loud as I can is Lady Gaga. Like, she is all about human rights. I can't even think of a better person. And when I was younger, like, we had another very similar situation to this in 2015. Back then, I was posting it and then not really talking about it. But it's just so crazy how many people this has touched and that the conversation is really going and things are really starting to change. It is so awesome to see so many people on the same page and, you know, they're they're angry. Finally, like they see it and it's making them feel something. And it because of that, there's changes happening. You were at the protests in Alpine last weekend, right? Yes. What was that like? Was it pretty peaceful? Were there any like counter protesters or anything? When I first showed up to the protest, I was so scared. We had seen people posting about bringing guns or starting counter riots. I didn't really believe it in the very beginning because Alpine's not like that, but you just never know. (laughs) I didn't know if I needed to bring in a taser. I didn't, but (laughs) oh my gosh, I really did not know what to expect. But what really like eased my emotions was when I saw that we were just surrounded by police in the most supportive way ever. And we, we know all our law enforcement here. It's a very small town. You know, we know them by their name and like, Like we have relationships with them. So it's kind of just, oh, I'm safe. If they're here and they're obviously marching with us, we're going to be fine no matter what. That's awesome. I don't know if this is covered at all down there on the news, but the protests in Philadelphia have not been been like that so much. There's been a lot of white vigilantes that come out with, you know, big machine guns and stuff. And the cops have been pretty violent. And, you know, it's a city. So obviously we don't know all of the law enforcement because there's so many of them. So I'm really Mm -hmm. glad to hear that it was peaceful and there wasn't any trouble. I I will say, though, what I'm very excited about for moving to San Antonio is to participate in their protest. I am not a violent person, so I'm not going to be rioting or anything. I literally cannot break a nail. (laughs) So I was just (laughs) telling my friends, you know what? We're in our Lana Del Rey era where we're the protesters. We're going to change history. It's so beautiful. Kind of like our own Woodstock moment. And I just want to be a part of the good side of change in history. We've all had to fight for rights that we've not always had. There's been so many positive things that have came out of writing and I'm totally there to take it to the next step for sure. It is so special to participate in the protests in the big city. And it's been really nice to see so many people come together. We're all protesting for equality and the equal treatment of everyone, no matter who they are. But I know different places have different specific goals. Like here, we want to defund the police and we want a statue of a racist mayor taken down and a mural of him covered up. When you guys were protesting, did you have any other goals or was it like in support of the Black Lives Matter movement? I think it was all in support of the Black Lives Matter movement. I don't recall there being really anything with racial ties here, luckily. 
we just wanted to really show our support, even in the rural areas. I know West Texas has a huge rap. I can still say that Texas is, in my opinion, one of the greatest states in the United States. And it's come so far also. I feel like we were just really here to show support and fight with the rest of the people that are being suppressed. And it, it makes such a difference to see so many of the smaller areas adding to the voice. It's just making the point come across even more. You mentioned that a lot of people think that Texas is a certain way, and I definitely am guilty of that. Is there anything you would want to tell people that aren't from there? I honestly can say one thing that I can credit to a lot of my friend groups is the EDM dance community. Everyone just kind of dresses crazy. You could be a size zero and a size 100, and you can wear whatever you want, and no one's going to judge you. It's just so beautiful, colorful, flowers in everyone's hair, glitter, and just good vibes. That community is all about love. And I remember going right when I was 18. It's just a really beautiful culture. And I can attest that there's some people that I've just seen a whole Jekyll and Hyde type of thing from people that, you know, have one way of belief to the whole, like, everyone's equal and like peace, love and unity, because that is one of the slogans of the EDM community. Wow, I had no idea that that was big there. Yes, and it's still growing, for sure. It is Pride Month now as part of the LGBTQ community, as part of the Black community. How do you celebrate all of who you are? I would say I celebrate Pride every day. I know that sounds kind of cliche. I usually wear very neutral makeup, just brown in the crease and then like a nude lip. But one thing that I did last year and I'm planning on doing this year is at least trying to do every color of the rainbow, like a purple eye look one day and then, you know, blue, I just to show a little extra support to me being prideful is just being who you are and being, you know, unapologetic about it. You know, it is important to not just do that one month out of the year and to keep it going and always be proud of who you are. What ways do you think that you help spread the message of equality and get your voice heard? When you see something racist happen, you speak on it because it's really hard to have a voice in a small town sometimes, too. If someone was wondering what they can do to help, what advice would you give them? I know it's scary, but, you know, speak up and intervene or at least if it's in a situation with the police, record. Like I said, I'm lucky to not have ever faced or wondered, is my life going to be taken at this moment? whether it be police or anyone else. Calling people out about it is just the best way to go. The biggest disservice you can do to someone is just look the other way. This is very good advice. So now I have some questions for you that were sent to us by a young woman named Bailey, who's also from Texas. She just graduated high school and she wasn't able to be here in person, so she wanted us to ask these for her. Hi, Jay. My name is Bailey Barlow and I am a young person in a small Texas town. I have some questions that I would love to ask you. So the first one is, what are some advantages and disadvantages you've experienced as a member of the LGBTQ community in a rural setting? Homophobia, it was a little bit harder for me in middle school. I remember I made a huge shirt about Don't Ask, Don't Tell, and I remember I had gone through most of the day, and then when a teacher really read it, I had gone in trouble and, like, sent to the office, and I was forced to stay in detention until school was over. A lot of times, teachers and principals 
think everything that the LGBTQ is doing is for like attention. That's very similar to also what a lot of people when they see us fighting for pride, they think it's all for like attention. In reality, we're just fighting for equality and fighting to be ourselves. And that must be really hard to have, you know, the people who are quote unquote in charge tell you that you're wrong for expressing your beliefs. When I was in school, you know, athletes would always make little comments and stuff. In a rural areas, we're all about our football. <laughs> and if you're a star player or if you're on varsity or pretty much if you're an athlete, they will look the other way just so you don't get in trouble. I've had many situations where they will be picking at me, picking at me. And then when I finally retaliate just by saying something sassy back, then there I am on my way to detention or something. For me growing up, that was a very big pattern was just always being sent to detention because I wasn't just going to sit with my head low. <laughs> I don't want to necessarily say bully because I know that there's some people in this world that have really faced bullying and I'm lucky to have not ever had been touched or anything like that for like who I am. How old were you when you came out? So I actually never really kind of came out of the closet. I would always be in my backyard dancing to Britney Spears since I was like four. They already knew what it was coming, but I just know one day I started wearing makeup. So like that was the last nail in my straight casket or something. <laughs> I'm glad that you are so, you're so full of light. It's just so nice to hear you talk about all this stuff. Thank you. So the next question from Bailey is, if you're comfortable sharing, would you say that you've faced discrimination out in Alpine? If so, would you say it might be different than that which you would face in an urban area? Everyone like knows who I am. So it, it's kind of hard to, you know, be rude and discriminate against someone you've seen grow up because that's like the case with a lot of people is just they've known me since I was younger. But I will say within school nowadays, I've seen, at least in the cities, a lot of schools, you know, rally for them. Um, I know James Charles, when he was still in high school, he's a major YouTuber for makeup and stuff. He got to wear um, a full face of makeup for his senior picture. And I know for a fact, I would have not been able to even wear that walking into school. Like that would have just been me going straight to detention for sure. Yeah. So again, just being discriminated against just because of how you want to express yourself. That's really tough. I always hear people just being like, we don't care if you're gay, just act normal about it. And that's very discriminatory because I'm just being who I want to be. I'm not just putting on like crazy outfits or makeup for like attention. And people just don't realize we're just expressing ourselves. We're just being who we want to be. I feel like a lot of people confuse being who you want to be for just wanting attention. You wearing what you want to wear is you being normal, but people can't see that. It's crazy how much I've come as a person because nowadays I don't even think twice about what I'm wearing on my makeup or what clothes. But I remember the first year or two that I was wearing eyeshadow, I was so afraid that someone was going to do something to me, even just in a small town. Like I was just like, oh my gosh, should I even be wearing like this red lipstick? Like maybe I should just keep it like light pink or something. So my sister, before she told us that she was trans, she came out as gay like two years ago. And she immediately started wearing just glitter under her eyes. There was just glitter all over her cheeks. And that was how she, she started wearing makeup. Did you start small too with the makeup or did you just like go for it? 
No, I did start small, very small. I started wearing makeup right when I turned 18 and I only wore foundation and eyebrows. And it was like a huge four-year transformation because now I like wear everything. Slowly I started add blush and contouring. And I think one of the last things I started wearing was um, eyelashes. I used to tell myself like, oh, I'm never going to wear eyelashes. That's just too much. And now I can't go a day. Even on my natural days, like I will wear like my natural eyelashes. I feel like a lot of people have to grow into it. Not only are you growing with yourself, but I had to let everyone around me grow with me too. My parents would have like flipped out if they saw me one day with like, you know, purple eyeshadow and whatever color lipstick. It's hard to express yourself like that when you never have before. You have to be really brave to start doing that. I did not know how to do my makeup at all in the beginning. I have some really bad pictures. And so... (laughs) I feel like back then it was easier for people to make fun of me because my eyelashes weren't on correctly or my lips weren't lined correctly. Like people would be honestly very like ugly towards me and my friend. But I feel like now everything has came together to where, okay, you can't hate on someone that at least like is like looking good. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And eyelashes are awful to put on. I used to, I used to be a dancer, like a ballet dancer, and we had to wear those for performances and I could not do it. So good for you for figuring it out. (laughs) This one, I don't think we mentioned at the beginning, but um, another one of Bailey's questions. Do you have any advice for those in situations similar to yours? My biggest advice is just know who you are. When I was um, younger, I was actually very much suppressed when it comes to like expressing myself. My mom was not about me with anything like that. Like it really all bloomed after high school. Just be yourself. Have someone you can go to and also make sure your friends are your biggest support groups. So if there's someone negative in your circle, just cut them out. One thing that I do wish that I could redo in high school was that whenever I was having issues with people in school or anything, was that I would have just called my grandma because my grandma, she's like my ride or die like for my senior year, they were telling me not that I wasn't going to be able to walk because I was like responding to bullying. And, you know, we were all like getting on Twitter fights when I was younger. And I was like, this is my last time to save myself because my mom's not sticking up for me like no one else is. I'm just going to call my grandma. My grandma literally walked in there and raised hell. Schools are not doing enough. My sister was bullied so much that she dropped out of school in middle school and did homeschool for the rest of her time. Why is this allowed? Like, why isn't anyone getting in trouble? It just doesn't make any sense. All you can really do in those situations is keep your head up and just wait till you walk that stage. Once I walked that stage, I cannot tell you how much my life changed. Like, I didn't realize how toxic school was. My life was never the same after I graduated. And I'm for sure not the same person I was in high school. But I will say, too, I feel like that's more in rural areas where stuff like that is happening. I'm from, like, 30 minutes outside of Portland, Oregon. And even there, it's the same. No one got disciplined for bullying. These people are going to grow up thinking they can act like that. It's just terrible. The last question from Bailey. In our rural communities, how do you think it's best to support or help young people who are in the LGBTQ plus community and their families? I feel like the most thing you can do is support and listen. You know, not everyone has the resources that, you know, other people have. For me, 
I always had to fight my own battles in school. And I really wish that th- there was not just family members, but that there was someone that would have stuck in their neck out for me. But I feel like suicide was, forgive me if, my, if I'm wrong, but I don't think suicide was too big of a thing. Like when I was younger or like in that era, like I feel like it's spiked a lot, especially in the LGBT community. I've had friends or people that are friends of friends kill themselves. And I just wish that there was just like a lot more people that were there to stand behind me. And I hope that, you know, everyone else can find someone to stand behind them because, you know, not everyone has the power to fight off, you know, the school board. <laughs> yeah, that's all from Bailey. But do you have anything else you want to say before we are done? So I just wanted to put three um, statistics out there for the Black Trans Lives Matter fight for discrimination is not just for the Black lives, but a lot of trans Black lives are really at stake. Black transgender people have an extremely high unemployment rate of 26%, which is two times the rate of the overall transgender unemployment rate. Also, 41% of Black trans women have experienced homelessness and have to turn to sex work to make a living because, again, the unemployment rate is high and people are not hiring them. Also, Black transgender people are affected by HIV in devastating numbers. More than one-fifth of the respondents are living with HIV, and that is more than 20% compared to the 2.64% of transgender respondents of all races. And then one last thing is that 23 transgender people were killed last year, but that does not include all the transgender people that are misgendered by the police using their dead or their legal name or the name that they were before they transitioned, which leaves them pretty much not a part of the statistics and also leaves a lot of people just not knowing what happened because if they're already out in the world and they've been living with a name for a certain amount of time, their friends and family, or just their friends, if they don't have a family, aren't able to track them. My sister is trans, and she faces so much discrimination and constant misgendering. And she has to choose to go to a hospital that's 30 minutes away versus the one that's right down the street every time she's sick. Because the hospital down the street, they refuse to acknowledge that she's a woman. One thing I will say about Texas is we are very keen on yes, sir, no, sir, and yes, ma'am, yes, ma'am. And sometimes I will get some men that will be like, oh, yes, ma'am. But like, I know they're not being respectful about it. It's kind of just a gambling game of what am I going to get today? (laughs) Do Do you hope that eventually people will refer to you as she? I've learned to really not mind both. I will say, though, I know like a lot of people just have different expectations of like how they want to be perceived. For me, like it's very easy to just talk to someone and refer to someone without genderizing them. Like all you have to do is call them by like their name. Mm -hmm. And I feel like a lot of people just want to be like, oh, so you want to be a they? And they just like kind of like make a mock out of it. And it's at least for me, like, no, I'm not considering myself a they or you know, other. Gender roles kind of make me uncomfortable. At the end of the day, I do like being a boy. I do not like want to like transition. But 
I am a very gender bending, lines blurred boy. For me, my like simple solution for people who don't know how to genderize someone is you literally just have to call someone by their name. <laughs> I think there's so much focus on she slash her, they, them, he, him these days that it's easy to forget that we're all people and literally everyone has a name. Yes. So thanks so much, Jay, for taking the time to talk to us and for sharing your story. Thank y'all again for this opportunity. It was really nice for y'all to talk to me. It was a really fun experience. We are Voices Up, and that was Jay Ramos. To follow Jay's journey, you can find his YouTube page, Jay Casper, J-A-Y-E-K-A-S-P-E-R. This episode featured Jay Ramos with questions from Bailey Barlow. It was led and edited by me, Kat Stein, and produced by Carolyn Campbell. Stay up to date with Voices Up by following us on Facebook at Voices Up, on Instagram at Voices.Up, or you can send us an email at BeHeardNow at VoicesUp.net. To be the first to hear future episodes, don't forget to subscribe to Voices Up wherever you listen to podcasts.